God is the great storyteller. He's the, the master of stories. And we know this because the Bible is full of stories, ultimately declaring his glory. So with that in mind, we're going to spend some time today looking at what our Grace Church story is. What is the Grace Church story? What are we about? How is our story structured? How has God written it? Well, some of it has actually already been written. This is our history. This is what God's already done with us. And we'll regularly talk about it in different contexts. We'll talk about the fact Nick and Penny came up here all those years ago to plant Grace Church into Nottingham. We'll talk about the miracle of this building, the one we're standing in here. The fact that it came up on the market, there was a, a sealed bid process, and the church was about half the size that it is now. Um, there was competition from various different organisations, companies, other, other churches actually. And within two weeks, we raised almost, or I think over, £180,000 to secure this building. It's a miracle that we're even in here today. We'll, we talked about the fact that over three years ago, there was a move of the Spirit. And God came and met so powerfully with so many of us. And so many people found freedom right in this building here. This is, these are just a few of the highlights of our history over the years. But also so much of our story is still ahead of us. And this is the vision that God has for us. So in order for us to move forward as a church, we need to hear from God. And that's what we mean when we say we've got a prophetic word or a promise, and uh, it's simply hearing from God. And days like the, the, the last week that we had, our three days of prayer and fasting, are so instrumental for that. What we tend to do is, as we dedicate time to pray into different ministry areas at Grace Church, we'll, um, we'll see what prophetic words God brings, what themes are brought out, and then we'll take those themes, we'll go away and we'll, um, we'll pray into them, and then we'll try and articulate and apply it, which allows us as a church to move forward. Godly vision for us is vital, because if we don't have godly vision, then we start to go off-piste, and we start to write our own story. And to be frank, none of us are nearly so good storytellers as God, are we? Our stories do not have nearly as much interest. They're not nearly as bold. They're not nearly as full of hope, and they almost always end in pain and mess. So today with this in mind, we are going to be looking at Grace Church's vision, what God wants us as a church to become. Now, because we are a community of believers, all of us, um, you are part of this story. Aren't you? Your passions, your hard work, your prophetic input and your prayers are so essential for us as we move forward into what God's called us to do. And a key prophetic um, a couple of verses that we've been living with as a church for many years come from Isaiah 54. So let me just read those. Isaiah 54, verses 2 and 3. And it says this. Enlarge the place of your tents, and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back, Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes, for you will spread abroad to the right and to the left, 
and your offspring will possess the nations and will people the desolate cities. I'm going to use this picture, we'll, we'll focus in on it in a minute, these two verses, as a picture of a tent as a vision for Grace Church. And so this talk is essentially, if you like, a blueprint for that tent. Some areas within Grace Church, uh, we'll skip back a little bit, so let's stay on the, the verse for a few more minutes. Some of, um, some of the areas um, of, for Grace Church are already clearly defined. The blueprint has lots of detail. But other areas, there's plenty of space, and we're waiting for God to speak into uh, those areas, and we're waiting for people to step up into their callings. I'll run through how the tent, how Grace Church is in fact held up, what structures are in place, how the church runs and works, why God has called us to be the design that we are as a church, and how that's expressed. Now, as I do this, be self-aware of what do you find yourself getting excited about. Hopefully there is something within the, within the next 20 minutes or so. Um, I, the question I have for you is, where does your heart start beating that little bit faster? Where it, what is the area of church life where you think, oh, everyone should be serving in that area? You know, that's, that's the thing that's really happening at Grace Church. Listen out for what God is saying to you, because he does have plans and purposes for you. His plans and purposes for all of us, and we are all in this together. There's space for you to play your part for his glory. So, are you ready for the journey? You ready to go? Can I get an amen? Yeah. Okay, so the passage we just looked at, uh, Isaiah 54, um, Isaiah was speaking to the Israelites. Now, the bat story, the very quick summary of the bat story is in the first half of Isaiah, he is prophesying that the Israelites are going to go into exile and uh, the Babylonians are going to take over. They do. And uh, Israel go into exile. Israel are then coming back from exile. And um, chapters 49 to 55 uh, around God doing a new thing. God doing a new thing. And particularly, he talks about a new king. And that king is not any old king. It's a servant king. And it is our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Isaiah starts prophesying about who Jesus is. And we read incredible verses like, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds... We are healed. That's the king that we worship. And he also speaks into how people respond to Jesus. And he says that some people will repent and turn around, and other people will carry on rebelling and doing their own thing. And that's what we see today, isn't it? As we talk about Jesus, some people respond to him and uh, their lives are transformed. And other people carry on doing their own thing. But his call in this passage is for the people of God to build the tent. To prepare, to, to strengthen and stretch the, uh, the cords and the stakes. To prepare for more people to be added to the family. And that's the encouragement for us. We are called to lengthen the cords and strengthen the stakes in preparation for more people to be added to the family. 
at Wednesday evening's amazing prayer meeting, we had, as, as was referred to, Councillor David Mellon coming to us, and he was speaking about the notice we'd just given about our uh, fostering uh, links with other churches and trying to encourage families into that. But he started the whole thing uh, by saying, I've got a prophetic word for you guys as a church. And um, so we listened, and it was such an encouragement for me personally as well as for all of us. He prophesied about us being a tent, a marquee. And this was, you know, I'd, I'd started preparation for this a couple of weeks before. He had no idea what we were speaking about. But God obviously wants us to hear some of this message today. God is speaking. He's on the move. And he's working in us and through us. Now, I'm a man who loves camping. I enjoy it. It's fun. It's cheap. It's, uh, it's good with the family. It, it builds resilience, which obviously you want to do in any, um, in any holiday. Um, and... So far, as a family at least, we haven't had any camping disasters. But I have had one camping disaster, and I want to share that with you now. Um, a long while ago, at the end of my first year at university, a very long while ago, uh, me and a load of friends, we thought, we want to go on holiday together. We want to earn an absolute ton of money. And so what better combination to combine the two and go strawberry picking on an island called Samso, just off uh, Denmark's second city, Aarhus. So that's where we went. We went there for a month, and um, it was fairly rough and ready. We camped on, on, the, farmer's, uh, on the farmer's field. Uh, there were two toilets between 120, 130 people, one kitchen. You get the picture. It was that sort of thing. But as, as students, we were used to worse, so it was fine. And anyway, I brought this ancient uh, triangular green tent uh, with me, and it was actually a couple of my friends who ended up being in that tent. I was in a slightly separate tent, and we spent a long time setting this thing up. We got the poles in the right place, we got the, the uh, pegs laid out really nicely, the actual canvas looked really sort of taut and was, was, was good, and we thought, we're, we're here for a month, so we need to do a proper job. And it lasted about two weeks, and then there was this incredible storm that blew. The storm um, was, was fine with the tent I was in, but at about midnight, I heard screams. And so I ran outside of my tent to see what had happened. And all I could see was the, the remnants of this green tent uh, with three lumps inside it flailing around <laughs> on my friends. And, uh, and the tent was no more. They were desperate to get out. So the moral of this story is as such. Oh, the, the reason why it blew down is because of the shape of the tent and the wind direction, and, and that, just, that just didn't work. So the moral of this story is three things. You need to put your tent in an appropriate location. You need to make sure that you've got the correct number of pegs and you position them right, and you need to create the right environment inside the tent. Okay, so back to Grace Church and our tent and looking at our location. Grace Church is God's idea. This is, this is his plan. And as I rehearse the story of how we ended up here, it's his plan to, for us to be here, for us to be instrumental in this part of Nottingham. 
we're in the right location to reach the city we love. The tent is positioned right, in spite of the annoying parking. We're, we're still, this is, this is where we're supposed to be, so stop complaining about the parking, all right? <laughs> number two, we need the right number of pegs positioned in the right place. Now, Grace Church is a sit-tent-ped-tent marquee. And those sit-states in the ground holding us up are the eldership team, the trustees, our strategy team, our staff team, external support, and all of you guys. Now, as I outline these areas, some of you will find them more interesting than others, depending on how you're wired, what giftings you have. For those of you who don't naturally get excited by structural stuff, even if it's tent-related, then (laughs) bear in mind that, that Grace Church, if our structure is strong as a church, if the tent peds are able to carry the weight that they're supposed to, is a place where God moves and he meets people, where we see baptism after baptism. Jesus is the one taking center stage here, and all this... What we're building here is all for his glory. Okay, so let's imagine Grace Church as a tent for a moment. If, um, feel free to shut your eyes if you want to, if that helps picturing. I know some of you have already done that. Um, so um, imagine across the top you have a disciple-making community, across the top of the bid top, and then underneath that we've got know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Okay, and the first ped holding this thing up is our eldership team. Grace Church is led spiritually by a group of elders, and the main role of the elders is to teach and to pastor. So over the last year, a lot of our eldership time has been spent praying, focusing on the period of transition that we found ourselves in, and preaching and loving and looking after people. And we've been meeting up more regularly than ever, and God has been so faithful in building our friendships, our resolve, and our relationships. Um, The eldership team is also responsible for hearing from God in terms of what he wants to teach and preach preach into next. So one Peter series was a result, the one Peter series, rather, was a result of this. And it's been amazing, isn't it, to see how God's been speaking to us week after week as we've opened up the scriptures. And the biggest encouragement for me has actually been um, our celebration stories. So every fortnight or so, us celebrating a little about what God's doing with us. So often, the theme of those has matched wonderfully with the message of the preaching series. And that's not us being clever. That is God trying to get a message through to us. So praise God for the way that he's speaking to us at the moment. Over the next six months or so, the eldership team are going to be preaching and speaking into our values. What are our core beliefs as a church? What makes Grace Church look and feel the way that it does? So that will be our autumn preach series, and we'll spend some time running through each of those. Um, For those of you who are at our leaders' meeting Uh, this upcoming Tuesday, we'll give you a little more detail as to our plans so far in that. PED 2 is our trustees. So they look after the security of the tent. They ensure that we're 
above reproach from a charity perspective and financially everything's running well. And they're responsible for, um, for and get involved in large projects. So when we um, heard from God about uh, Grace Enterprises and all that was happening there, it was the trustees team that helped work with Matt to develop and shape Grace Enterprises. The third peg is our strategy team. So to be a healthy church, first and foremost, we need to hear from God and we need the Holy Spirit prompting us. But then the next step is for us to create clear goals from that to help us to move forward. And that's what the strategy team do. This team is responsible for leadership decisions around how we focus our resources, how our meetings look and feel here, how we communicate vision and outwork the values in church life. Now, as a church, we go to this thing called learning communities every six months. So it were, we were invited to it two and a half years ago, and it's for large churches in the UK and Europe. It's an interdenominational thing, and we go there with an idea of vision, what God's called us to. But then that place is a place where we learn from other churches as to different ways of articulating and explaining that vision, and it really helps us to move forward. So we get encouraged, we get challenged, and it's a strategy team that ends up going to learning communities. The fourth peg is the staff team and the wider staff team, and the role of the staff team is simple. We're here to be enablers for you to do the behind-the-scenes stuff, which enables the church, it enables you to make a difference by serving in the way that God's called you to serve. That's what the staff team are about. Our fifth peg in this, uh, in, in this tent is our external relationships. Now, David Shearman and Derek and Steve have been so instrumental, so helpful for us. Derek, as an example, our relationship's grown with him uh, more and more over the last few years. He listens to every single one of our preachers and gives us feedback on it. Um, so I can't, I've got to say nice things to him. <laughs> David, on the other hand, doesn't. So, uh, so, so uh, David Shearman, um, Steve Morrison, and myself particularly, we spend a lot of time with him. Um, and he's such an encourager and challenges us. And our relationship with them continues to grow. With Steve, the, Steve was the guy with Steve and Julia and a team went to plant Kins Church. And it was great, wasn't it, having him with us Thursday night um, at our prayer, evening prayer meeting, sharing about how things are going over there, talking about Together Sunday, that we just heard the notice about, and leading uh, the prayer for the next church plant that we're going to do, Manchester. You guaranteed one, come on, one, <laughs> shout, always from Duncan, unless Duncan's on holiday. Which, uh, <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Manchester, Revelation Church, September, it's happening. We prayed into it, come on. Um, these relationships are vital for us as a church if, we're continuing to, if we need to continue to grow in a healthy way. And we're only going to be strengthening them as we move forward. So I've run through five stakes in the ground, five pegs in the ground. The sixth one is all of you. So if you are part of Grace Church, you're involved in this. You're part of the structure. You're part of the shape of how Grace Church looks. Everyone gets to play here. 
We're, we're, we're all part of it. If you're not yet part of Grace Church, and you might be asking the question, how can I get more involved? Well, as we heard, come along to one of our welcome meals. And then if it's a church that you'd like to join, we encourage you to do three things. Be part of a home group. Because home group is where you're, you get known. You build community. And people can input into your life. You can, you can input into other people's lives. Also, serve. Be part of a serving team because you bless the church, but you also um, grow in the giftings that God's given you. And finally, give financially to God's work here at Grace Church. In getting involved in the tents here, in getting involved in Grace Church, you're, you're, you're building for his glory. It's true, isn't it, that no matter how beautiful a tent is, no matter how beautiful a bid top is, you don't go to a tent to look at the tent, do you? You don't, you don't go to a bid top, you don't go to a Moscow State Circus just to look at the tent. You, look, you go there to look at the performance that's happening there. And it's the same here. The structure is so we build a place where we can experience God and he transforms people and helps people to grow, and people find freedom in this place. So we've looked at the location of the tent. We've looked at making sure the tent beds are in place. And finally, we need to create the right environment for the tent. We want Grace Church to be a place where all can encounter God and can continue the, uh, to grow in the journey and in, in discipleship. We want to be a disciple-making community. We want it to be somewhere where everyone feels welcome and where people can meet Jesus for the first time. We, we're working hard to create an environment where all of these things can happen. People can know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. At our prayer meeting on Wednesday evening, there was so many encouragements, wasn't there? We heard about the fact that over the last 12 months, we've seen 26 people baptized at our different meetings. 26 people, of which 16 were new believers. And do you remember that picture of three years ago, or so, the broken baptism pool, and us not needing to repair it because we didn't have any more baptisms coming up? How things have changed. It's amazing. We've got seven baptisms happening next week, so seven more to add to the list of lives transformed. Our Sunday's children's work has grown by well over 20%. Our 12 o'clock service over the last 12 months has more than um, or almost doubled in size. Our, Our home groups are far better attended than they ever have been. Ministries that were started by many of you here have gone from strength to strength. Things like the mental health support group. And stay and play. God's doing all sorts with that. Another guaranteed woohoo. <laughs> it's amazing. We don't take it for granted, but we're so thankful for what God is doing in this place. Another area where we see God at work so much is through grace enterprises. So God spoke to us many years ago about us being a community where not only people have their physical needs met, but people also have their spirit sorry their spiritual needs met, but also their physical needs met. 
God wants us to be a place where both of those things happen. And we started off the, uh, the food bank because of that, and many other ministries came about because of that calling to be a place where we meet the physical needs of people as well. And Grace Enterprises, we felt from God, was the next step in the way for that. It aims to provide employment for people who um, might otherwise struggle to get a job. And it's beautiful, isn't it, that Grace Church, when you come along to Grace Church, maybe for a food parcel, you get some of your physical needs met. You might come along on a Wednesday and a Sunday and be spiritually fed. But then you get connected with Grace Enterprises. You get connected with Matt and the calling that God has on his life. And you end up with a job as well. It's amazing. This has been such a bold step of faith for us as a church. But God's favor is so, is so clear. And, and again, in the notice, another major contract going to Grace Enterprises, cleaning contract. God wants this city transformed. And he's someone who cares about our practical needs as well as our, as well as our spiritual needs. Talking of favor, um, Bill... Wave you, give us a wave, Bill. Famous Bill. This man was, um, the, you're the newest Radiant Cleaners recruit, aren't you? And featured on uh, East Midlands Today after the news at 10, Thursday night. So even the BBC is joining in on our celebration stories, thanking God for what is going on at Grace Church here at the moment. It is amazing. <laughs> So this is some of what God's doing with us. But what does God want us to do more of? God's been speaking to us about a few things that is really key for us to strengthen as a church as we continue to move forward. And they're around evangelism and around leadership development. Let's talk about evangelism first. So for those of you who know Jesus here, he is the greatest gift, isn't he? He's incredible. He's the pearl of great price. He's the one who transforms our lives. He's the one who doesn't uh, fade. There's no, there's no tarnishing of his beauty. He is glorious. And so we need to get more intentional about talking about him. We simply do. It's so encouraging to see people get saved here and, um, and um, get into relationship with God. And actually, over the last few months, we've had a couple of people who don't know anyone here, but just simply felt a sense of wanting to walk into Grace Church. And, um, and they met with God, and he's done all sorts in their lives, which is amazing. But we, uh, we want to do more than that. We, we want to create a culture where people invite their friends along as part of the norm, and where you bring people in here because... Jesus is the best gift that anyone can have. So we'll be exploring ways of doing this. Um, we, there was a prophetic word uh, on one of our nights about us doing maybe a stay and play alpha. We're definitely looking at alpha. Haven't spoken to Rick and Cheryl about the possibility <laughs> of that, but um, who knows? We want to create a context where um, there's as many opportunities for people to, to walk in and look into Christianity here. In terms of leadership development, we work hard as a church to create a culture where everyone, regardless of your giftings, is able to step, find purpose and make a difference. 
That's what we're about. But in order for us to grow and be this disciple-making community, for those who are called to lead, actually we need to be a bit more intentional with how we, how we teach into it. God has blessed us massively with us being more of a diverse church um, over the last few years, and we reflect better the community that we're going to see in heaven, a priesthood of all believers from all walks of life, but our leadership doesn't actually reflect that at the moment. And so we would love to see a more diverse group of leaders taking this church forward. And we want to see 100 leaders uh, being trained over the next couple of years. We also feel called that we want to plant two churches by 2020. We've got one on the way with Revelation. We'll see what God does with us with the other one. I love this church. I love Grace Church, and I hope you do too. There's so much for us to be proud of here, and that's testimony to all of the incredible things that you do, all of the things that you build, all of the things that, that you contribute to, whether you feel like that's big or small. When you made that effort to talk to a new person rather than talking to an old friend, that's building Grace Church isn't it? When you serve tirelessly week after week to set up chairs and to make this place look the way it does, that's building Grace Church. When you contribute in worship and, and bring something in that context, that's building Grace Church. When a child throws up over you, when you're looking after them in stars, you've got to remember that that is building Grace Church as well. It really is. So this tent, Grace Church, is far from finished and God wants us to continue to strengthen and stretch and in fact our story is only just begun. God is doing all sorts in our midst and the question I have for you, the question you need to ask yourself right now is what is God calling you to do in the next phase of Grace Church's story. What are you called to do? Maybe the next step for you is to join a home group. Maybe it is to start join a serving team or start giving financially. You can think about what God's called you to do by, by thinking about what areas of church are you most wanting to see him move? What are you passionate about? What ministry areas would you love to see happen? Uh, the latest one that started off is our Grace Church 11-a-side football team. So John Stubberfield started it off. Started with a loss to St. Nick's, but uh, such is life. Football's not everything. And um, yeah. Um, okay, so I don't know why I went there. But God will be putting all sorts on your heart and... This is a place for you to help uh, to, to grow and to step into that and help develop that blueprint of Grace Church. What is the next step that God is asking you to take in introducing people to him? He's called us to enlarge this tent. And as we do, this city and beyond finds shelter. It meets God. And it's transformed in his mighty name. This is something worth devoting our lives to. Let me pray. 
Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your hand on us as a church, Lord God. Thank you for the plans and the purposes you have for us. Thank you that you are a God who loves to tell stories, loves to tell stories for your glory. And thank you for the story of Grace Church. And I pray, help us to be a place that really transforms and impacts this city in your name, Lord God, in your mighty name. Lord God, I pray for all of us here that we step into what you've called us to do, Lord. We love you. We give you all the glory, the honour and the praise. We cry out for more of you in your mighty name. Uh, John Davis at the, beginning, at the end of uh, one of our uh, meetings came and had a, had a prophetic word for us as a church and this is my very abridged summary of it. It was simply stop talking, keep praying and worshipping him and then God saying a challenge of look I'm going to I, look what I'm going to do. Look what I'm going to do. So that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to maybe sing a song. We're going to, I really encourage you, we haven't finished yet, get praying. Pray for what you'd love to see happen in Grace Church. And then let's see what God does amongst us in our midst. Amen. <laughs>